You're listening to Reimagined Radio. Real talk, real life, real magic. I don't 
I don't want to admit it was overwhelmingly critical, but I can't say that it was positive either. I mean, at some point I even said to him, why aren't you listening? When I know the answer to why he wasn't listening. The human brain has what I would call a safe source filter. And that means that if someone is primarily critical, you quit listening. You quit hearing them. I mean, you may be hearing the person speak and you, you kind of are, I mean, you're, you're listening, but for the most part, your brain shuts down and you, you quit taking that as input. I mean, there's recently some studies done on criticism and the human brain. And what they've found through CAT scans is that criticism actually lights up the same parts of the brain that are fight or flight, meaning your brain interprets that as dangerous. And when you are in fight or flight, your focus becomes extraordinarily narrow. You literally can't hear what's being said to you. Because fight or flight causes your senses to focus down on survival. So when you are talking to somebody that you're trying to influence and the tone of the conversation is critical, you're not influencing them at all because you trigger that sort of neurochemical response of fight or flight. And that may sound extreme, but it is really true that that's what happens. I mean, you kind of know it does. I mean, we all know that we work a lot more effectively for a supervisor that lets us know that how much they appreciate us and that you want to please the lover that's saying sweet things to you. And you try harder for a teacher that makes you feel good about yourself. And we also instinctively know that if we really need something from someone, we often start that exchange with a compliment. You know, the bank teller, you really, really need something done right there. You would often start it by some sort of a compliment or positive observation because instinctively we get this. But it's more than just social graces. It's actually neurochemistry. And we often are not aware of how critical we are in our conversations with people that we spend a lot of time with, our children, our spouses, our significant others. It's really easy to kind of like slip off into the weeds with our less than positive observations about other people without even noticing. I mean, I would assure you that neither one of those two people that I was eavesdropping on would have said that they were negative. I mean, it's probably just a habit that they have developed in their communication between themselves that they don't really notice that they're doing it anymore. And I know for a fact, as a parent, it's really easy to go to that place where I am being more negative than positive without being fully aware of it. I mean, what we have figured out through science is that there is this sort of Willy Wonka golden equation, and that equation really is a seven-to-one ratio of positive, uplifting, nurturing, supported, supportive statements to any form of criticism or any request to change. That's kind of what you need to do. And when you spill it out like that, that equation, I mean, it sounds disingenuous. But it's not disingenuous, actually. I mean, LOA tells us that what we focus on, we get more of. And what we speak out loud, we're speaking into reality. I mean, from that law of attraction perspective, if we are willing to commit, commit 
speaking affirmatively, being positive in our communications with others, A, we're going to look for more reasons to do that. We're going to be aware of more things that we see that we want to highlight in a positive way. And we're going to start seeing more of what we're looking for and therefore creating more of what we're speaking to. But on this neuroscience sort of basic communication level, if we want to have any influence on someone else, you've got to be sticking pretty close to that seven to one ratio. And I mean, I don't need to tell you because you probably already get, you can't just say seven nice things in a row, toss them out and then lambast someone with criticism and expect that they're going to be open-minded enough to get that. I mean, this has to be an overall tone of the communication within your relationship needs to hit that seven to one mark, which means you need to concentrate on being positive and loving and affirming in your communication with somebody that you love all the time. So that when you do make a request for change, ask for something to be different, point out something that you didn't like, it can be heard without tripping that fight or flight response. I mean, fight or flight is no joke. And it's a reptilian function in the brain. It is something that people have no control over. And I think that's part of the challenge in communication here. I mean, we think when people aren't, quote, when they're not listening to you, unquote, they're doing it intentionally, that they're intentionally shifting their focus away or intentionally ignoring you. But if you are criticizing and tripping off that fight or flight response, it's not intentional at all. Again, that focus narrows down to this really sort of what's right in front of you survival kind of focus. And you're actually the cause of someone not being able to hear you. As a parent, that is huge, right, for me, because parents get into this cycle where they feel like it's their job to correct, 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 and can't figure out why their children aren't responding to that. But again, I see this happen between couples all the time. And it's obvious why. I mean, once you start focusing on what's not working and speaking to that, you are creating more of it. And you are creating an environment in your relationship where communication can't really happen because the person that you're speaking to just doesn't hear you. So we're going to pause really quickly for a quick commercial break. And then I am going to come back with some short thoughts, kind of sort of some thoughts and conclusions, and some ways to make practicing a more positive tone in your communication more natural. Finding great love can seem like something that happens for other people. If you're looking for love in all the wrong places, dating different people, but ending up in the same single place over and over again, there's a better way. Why not stop looking for love and start creating the love you want? The 60-Day Right Relationship Incubator will lock in your alignment to attract the love of your life. In just a few minutes a day over 60 days, you will create the love you've been looking for. Get the 60-Day Right Relationship Incubator at www.rightrelationshipincubator.online. All right, my top three tips for practicing this, starting to get in the groove of really, like, overwhelmingly positive communication with somebody 
I mean, the first one is kind of obvious, but it is to freely and generously compliment. And I think that in the beginning in relationships, particularly romantic relationships, it's really easy to be very complimentary, but it doesn't take very long before we quit doing that naturally. We take for granted that the other person knows how we feel and we stop speaking those compliments at all. If not, I mean, they, they tend to go away. Like make a point of complimenting somebody that you share space with, that you share a life or that you're in relationship with freely. If you share a home with them three or four times a day, if it's somebody that you're just dating, make sure that you start your interactions. Maybe not every time right off the You include some sort of a compliment in your interactions fairly early on. Paving the way with a compliment really sets the tone for communication in a positive way. It also, from an LOA standpoint, gets you looking for and at things that you like, which distracts you from noticing things that you don't like. You can't be focusing much. So committing to be very, very generous with compliments is the first step. I would say the second step is Anytime you would say thank you, follow it up with. So, you know, instead of saying thank you for making dinner, it might be thank you for making dinner. I really appreciate how much effort you put into that. You are a really great cook. Or if someone holds the door for you, you would say thank you. But instead you would extend that to thank you. I really appreciate how thoughtful that is. Or, you know, Using that sort of social prompt or cue of thank you as an opportunity to extend it into a natural, more positive communication. And most of us say thank you many times during the day. So I think telling someone specifically, taking that extra step to acknowledge why you're thanking them is a lovely way to create an umbrella of positivity in your communication. And The other thing that I would highly recommend is making sure that at least on a daily basis with people who we are close to, we express something that we love about them. I mean, my husband is the world's best at making sure that I have my sleeping conditions nailed down just right. Like the blankets are right, the pillows are right, and all of the dogs are in the right place. The fan is fanning just perfectly. Like I'm incredibly spoiled. And I love about him that he is that thoughtful. I mean, my willingness to express to him, to my children, to my clients, to my friends, something that I love about them on a daily basis also sets that tone of really positive communication. It brings down that safe source filter because it establishes a baseline of lovingness. And just committing to those three practices, to compliment generously, to elaborate on why you're saying thank you, and to make sure that you express in your lives one thing that you love about them every day, that is a good baseline for setting an overwhelmingly positive tone in your com- in your conversations, in your communication. And it is also a really good baseline 
for relationships from a law of attraction perspective. It's the kind of habits that you want to get into that really shifts your focus, expands what you're focusing on in a positive way in your relationship with people that you are sharing time and sharing a life with. So that seven to one ratio, I don't want you to be counting them out. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, and then boom. But I want you to think about what that really means. That is an overwhelmingly positive tone of communication that allows you to have influence in somebody's life, in the way they behave, in how they respond to you. You have so much more control than you might think you do if you're willing to work this ratio consistently. A big love to you. I will catch you next week. Like I said, be sure to dial into all of the other great shows that are happening this week and next week. And from this point moving forward, you need to get a hold of me. It's lisamhayes.com. That's Lisa Marie. lisamhayes.com. And I would love to hear from you. There is no choice in life that will have more impact on your happiness than who you choose to share it with. Everyone wants to find that one big love. However, most people are looking for that love kind of like they would play the lottery. Finding great love is not a game of chance. Score Your Soulmate by Lisa M. Hayes is a by-the-numbers guide to finding the love of your life and creating a life you love. Score Your Soulmate is a step-by-step soulmate finding formula that anyone can follow. What you will get along the way is a swoon-worthy life you'll want to share with that perfect someone. You can find Score Your Soulmate on Amazon or your local bookstore. Get your copy and start your journey to happily ever after today. attraction we hope you enjoyed the show and we'll see you back here next week for more information you can find me at lisamhage.com